0: to another episode of ST Talks. I'm Laura Demmer, your host, and today I'm here with SC Genetics, Dairy Program Manager, Dan Carroll, Advancement Team Member, Tim Round, and Director of Genetic Development, David Kendall, to discuss the very exciting day we saw on Tuesday for the December genetic evaluations. But first, before we dive in, I just wanted to thank you all for taking the time to be with us today.
1: Thank you, Laura. always glad to be with and, and discuss uh, the latest insider summaries.
2: Thanks, Laura. Thank you, Laura.
0: To start out, David, before we dive into specific sires, can you give us an overall industry summary of what we saw this proof run? Uh,
2: the biggest shock was that we saw some significant changes in production deviations on bulls with higher reliability. Bulls that had up to $10,000 took up to a $65 to $70 drop in net merit in Last week, that caused a lot of alarms within the industry. There was a lot of people did a lot of work, a lot, a lot of reverse engineering. The truth is, it's the deviations have changed that much. There isn't anything um, that looks odd like we had the situation where uh, with another bull last April, where we had a lot of crossbred daughters and we're quite sure how they were being incorporated properly. We're there's nothing that really stands out right now about why this change, but it is something that concerns the industry because it's, it kind of you know, makes you concerned about the predictability and the reliability of the proofs over time. Um, if you have a bull that the impact is obviously not only on the bull himself, but if you have a bull that has 10,000 daughters, and we all know that that's going to have an impact on his sons and his grandsons as well. And trying to figure out what caused that is, is now kind of a key subject in discussion in the industry. We think it's, the current thought is that it's a combination of sex semen and um, kind of an unintended bias where using a sex semen on the higher value animals and the higher cost of sex semen, it, it might be biasing things we're, that we're not really getting as good of a daughter distribution in a random fashion as we did before. Um, that's one idea that's happening, but you know, there's, that's probably the biggest thing, Laura, is that was a real big shock. Again, I haven't talked to anybody who thinks that there's a problem problem. It's just that we have to rethink the way that we're going about um, creating our, the pools that we're using for our evaluations because huge waves of daughters, kind of a bias in the mate selection, maybe having this unintended consequences, so we'll just see those swings. Now, if I could just skip a, a little bit ahead and, and sort of give a counterintuitive to that, is sometimes you have a ball like Charles, that we could see because of his lactation curves that he's going to be one of those bulls that the farther out his daughters go the better they're going to look you know he's kind of an outlier on a lot of, of different aspects and and that's a different issue What we're talking about here is this overall um unexpected drops and deviations the other thing, the other subject that's got a lot of conversations going on right now throughout the industry, and this applies to all breeds, not just Holsteins, is what's happening as far as genetic advancement and development in DPR and daughter pregnancy rate, where we basically flatline, which makes no sense to anybody. And um, that's another subject that there's a, a, lot of, a lot of discussion going on between the different elements of the industry. So I, I'd really keep my ears open for further conversations about the deviation issue and on the DPR.
0: Well, thank you for explaining that. It seems like every proof run, you know, something comes out that that we learn that we have to work on and keep moving the breed forward. So now I think it's safe to say Tuesday was a really, really, really good day for everyone at ST Genetics. So to start focusing on this, Dan, can you give us a recap of what ST Genetics saw specifically this genetic evaluation?
1: Exactly. Laura, you might even be short one really in there as well. (laughs) That is a, you know, as, as many of us have had the privilege and opportunity of working in, in the AI industry for a number of years and sire summaries coming every three months. Some of those sire summaries maybe blend together, but this one is an, an, an outlier for ST and really for the industry. You, you really saw a combination of a solidifying bull in charl, adding much, much more data in robust sampling uh, to get a, uh, a spread of his genetics out there to get a relationship of Charles into the industry of which he is a breed leader for not only his time, but then you magnify that in finding his best son that was not shy about uh, semen production at an early age. So the genetic interval really was a tightening of that with not only one bull but two great bulls, and that combination of of Charles solidifying with Captain now uh, producing uh, the daughters that he's that he's doing in the industry. And now all of a sudden, the proliferation of the captain and, uh, and additional Charles sons, you've seen, this, you've seen this wonderful blooming of genetics that we've just, we just generally don't get to see in our industry like we have. A, a blessing truly without a doubt. But it just goes to show when you have those genetics of, of, uh, of production and balance of type that, that captain and Charles showcase, that solidifies those bulls towards the top. And now you add in the magnificent ability to reproduce uh, genetics from those bulls and get them into your production lineup. You've really now set the table, not only for the next three months, but for multitude of times to come to have that genetic offering for customers around the world. Truly a, truly a tremendous day for ST.
2: Laura.
0: Fantastic. Now, Tim, let's focus in on Captain. To start, can you tell us about Captain's journey to becoming the number one TPI sire of the breed?
3: Yeah, Laura. So, um, yeah, Captain um, being number one this proof run uh, just really didn't start when he was born back in 2019. But actually, if we go back a little bit, uh, back in 2015, we had a bull called Sabre. And uh, he was a tango son out of a Sudan, which is a very outcross uh, pedigree, very outcross mating at the time. And we at ST decided not to release the bull to the general public, and we just used them internally. And we used them internally and ended up uh, getting some nice offspring out of them. And the um, sabers ended up calving in very nice, but one particular uh, heifer, In that group of Sabres, which would have been the number one TPI daughter of Sabre, she came out and we did a lot of embryo work on her. And at the same time, we were doing a lot of embryo work and it was a plan mating. We ended up uh, using Charo, which when he just first made semen, and that's how Captain arrived. So if you think about it all the way back to 2015, that's seven years of planning to... um, get a great bull like captain so that's a a long time waiting but uh i think it all paid off when we think about it so captain behind the saber does come a great maternal line which is um the mental ahead family so it's also a great maternal line we put saber in there we put Charo on top of it and today we reached the number one bull in the world so it was um yeah it's a fun journey on how Captain arrived, and uh, yeah, we're excited. Uh, I don't think uh, Captain's done leaving his legacy either.
0: So can you tell us what you are seeing from the Captain daughters that you've calved in?
3: Yeah, so Captain has uh, following the footsteps of his dad Charles in a lot of uh, different areas. They're very well-balanced. Cows are the right size of cows. They're not too big, they're not too little. They put nice udders on. They put great capacity in the udders. Um, because they just purely want to milk too. They're very trouble free kind of cows. Um, they calve in thirty, forty, fifty days of milk. Um, they're some of your highest two year olds milking wise. So they make the kind of cows that uh work well in about any environment. And I think he's a great bull for the industry.
0: Definitely. And just just to reiterate what you said, like so much planning to go into this bull. Um, and for everyone at ST Genetics. They should just be proud of the um, accomplishment that Captain achieved this genetic proof run. So, David, besides Captain, ST Genetics had some other newly proven sires. Can you tell us who they are and what makes their genetic package special?
2: Well, the first big thing, Laura, is we're going to be having Captain is the first great Charleston, but there's going to be a lot of Charlesons coming down the pipe. Mm-hmm. Uh, another bull, Charles' son, that got his first evaluation this run is Lumina. Um, I like him a lot because he's out of a director, and I really like the director in a pedigree. He's been used extensively overseas, and like what we're seeing, they're, they're going to be sound commercial cattle. Miami has his initial proof, um, a little bit different look in, in the pedigree with him. Sahab is an interesting bull. He's starting out from maybe a little bit lower. Um, base and some of the other bulls with initial proofs. But we really like the way his daughter deviations are looking. He's got quite a bit of an upward trend to him. Another bull that we had an initial proof on that we like is Bypass, another um, Charles son. And then another bull that we're very anxious to get more daughters cabbed in is Air. The Air daughters are really made, really put together well. We just had tours come through um, at GenoSource from Germany and Spain, I believe, and they just They're crazy about the heirs. They're the right kind of cows, the correct kind of cows. And we need more data on him, but uh, we're really looking forward to that, Laura.
0: And Dan, to round out this discussion on our proven sire list, can you tell us about Charles Jump back up the list along with Rapid and how ST Genetics proven sires have influenced the current industry we're looking at?
1: Certainly, Laura, you know, following up on some of the comments there that, that, Tim and David had in regards to the, the opportunity to showcase these milking daughters and tours um, through the summer and through the fall. It's, 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 um, I I say this um, almost sheepishly. I am a big cheerleader for ST genetics, no doubt about it and enjoy the, to see their, see the milking daughters and the progeny develop and, and certainly easy enough to be a, to be the, the cheerleader and always be excited about those. But, we we really feel that the value of bringing so many of our international sales teams and our international guests, domestic people coming in to see the daughters. That's we still are a visual. Um, we're still a visual production team here. We want cows. We want customer satisfaction cows, and a bull like Charles has really done that. And he does that because we had that opportunity. And this is some of the added benefits of early sex semen on a bull getting into large herds where you have 50 to hundred daughters of a bull in a, in a commercial setting. And you, you can really go out to the barns and say, Oh, I, you know, over the years now, I've, I've had that an opportunity to, to do photos and tours and you're always excited for your best bulls, but I've never been around a bull like Charles where you can go out in the barn and there's 300 milking daughters of the bull. And you're, you're flabbergasted because you can find an easy 100 that are pitcherable, tourable kind of cows. And they do that with that combination of balance, width. They've got great udders, great pliable udders. And then some of the things that you don't always see when you view them, but they have a, a persistency about them, the charled daughters do, that is so appreciative. You, you can see it in the deviations, but you just see it in the cows as you're walking pens. It is enjoyable to see them calve in again. Maybe another little extra story on, on Charles is this is a bull that was the rock star of his, of his time. And when came out, we were working towards the process of how do we get this genetics out into the field. And he was one of those bulls that maybe got a little bit late to the party, um, per the, per the legends process that we were working at. So Charles made his initial run into what I'd call our internal herds, where we've seen the daughters fresh and he got his proof and he spikes himself up to the number one TPI bull at the time. And then we had to wait a little bit because it was almost maybe nine months to a year later until we really had those daughters out into herds within the other U.S. and in around the world. And basically why Charles is coming back is the same reason why he was a rock star in the initial internal herds. He is making those cows that people like. Um, we are blessed to have a bull like that. He's going to be customer satisfaction and he'll put a stamp uh, for our sales team around the world. Much the same type profile production is rapid and rapid has that ability to stand out in the, in the barns without any question, maybe a hint more stature to him, And that dairy balance trait that you like the square rumps and the wonderful feet and legs and never a disappointment to the udders. And then all of a sudden, this is a bull that's really, in a, in a sense, he's putting more production to him over time than maybe was first expected in the pedigree. So bulls like Charles, bulls like rapid, and now the next little, what I feel is the next little rock star in that same group of customer satisfaction bulls is Miami. They're going to have that wonderful balance of, I make cows that work really well. I'm, I'm appealing to the eyes. They're in the barns. You can go see them. And you can find a plethora of those daughters, um, and those are just exciting cows for ST and, the, and our customers. Very excited.
0: Yes, definitely. And um, Dan, like you said, ST Genetics has been hosting tours um, all throughout the summer and fall. And time and time again, um, I know at least us down in Iowa here, we're just hearing all the time they want me. They just are blown away by the Charl daughters by the captain daughters, um, by the air daughters. It's it's an exciting thing to hear that feedback on and just being able to provide that customer satisfaction type of a cow. So Tim, another huge accomplishment for ST Genetics was that 46% of the top 400 TPI genomic young bulls were from the ST Genetics breeding program. Can you tell us what this means for the future of ST Genetics and our customers?
3: Yeah, Laura, it's quite exciting to um, have many bulls at the top of the list. And uh, I think what we're most excited about is uh, when we have a lot of top bulls, there's many different traits we look at, but there's also the genetic diversity that uh, is very important to us and for the industry. So when we look at that list, um, you know, some people are like, well, that's all they're all captain sons or they're all this son, but we're so diverse and we're going down so many different bloodlines. That's, that's what we're most excited for to help the breed and help our customers out. And along with that, with our diversity of pedigrees, we're also, you know, adding those different traits and, uh, trying to help everyone on their needs. So when we look at say some of our bulls in our top 100 of the breed, they're sired by Cohen, they're sired by Garza, and they're sired by Upside, and they're sired by Hannity, sired by Fugelman, Danton, Buxton, McGuire, Magnum, Wheelhouse. So we have all kinds of diversity on that side. And um, we put a lot of work and effort into um, also what we have coming in the pipeline. And we're just going as many different directions as we can to uh, make genetic advancements. So yeah, I think the future is very bright. We're excited. I think the bull side of it is one thing, but we've also put a large investment into our female program as well and uh, trying to make the cows for the future.
0: Yes, very exciting. and. A lot to look forward to in the future. And Dan, among the top bulls on this list, Thorson again came in as the number one TPI genomic young bull who has semen available. Can you tell us more about him and his genetic appeal?
1: Uh, certainly, and I and I I'll uh, I'll go ahead and steal a little bit of a line that Tim Ron said a, a little bit earlier because I think it's it it holds bearing. Good bulls never, you should never be surprised when they come from really, really good maternal lines. And if we get into Thorsten's pedigree people, we're going to go way back to a pretty wonderful cow that was uh, a headline in Waukon, Iowa, a cow by the name of Delia. And that cow has um, no doubt spawned and created um, genetics that the world has used now for a good, if you want to say it, a good 30 years, correct? I mean, that That lineage, that maternal lineage has got some strength to it and it always continues to reappear. So Thorson's got a heck of a good cow family without a doubt, but he's also put some unique sire stacks to it and some modernness to it as well. Um, Thorson is a Cowan son, which, which tickles right back to Lionel. And obviously Lionel has solidified himself as a tremendous outlier for certain traits within our industry. And Thorson, of course, is the number one son of Cowan. Then you've got Charles in there, and then you go back to Director, and then you go back to Rubicon. You really, you really tie in some of the elite daughters of those best bulls, and then you bring a unique combination of traits together that obviously is not that found. It's really, really tough to put that much components into that much milk. I mean, this bull's tickling fifteen hundred pounds of milk, and he's tick, and he's over 034 percent fat. And 0.10 percent protein. So his volume of combined fat and protein is unprecedented. Without making a big, uh, a big, um, uh, a big swipe into the PL and DPR issues that sometimes those bulls get to. Um, not only is this bull the number one TPI bull, but he's really just as exciting from a net merit standpoint for those customers that lean towards that. Um, this A2A2 combination bull. Really put does not allow for holes in the linear. Um, very excited for him, and it's just within a I'd say thirty to forty days before his first babies are starting to land on our planet as well too. So pretty doggone exciting bull that uh, that has many pregnancies in the system, and of course we'll use this bull to um, to do much of creation. Meaning we're, we're going to create ex, um, create with some variety from him. But we're also not afraid to inbreed from this young chap as well, too. So very exciting bull and Thorson.
0: Excellent. Now Tim, you just started to touch on this and uh, the prior question, but can you tell us what our internal female program saw this proof run and how this will influence your team's genetic decisions?
3: Yeah, so um, our female program pretty much mirrored the uh, male program side of it, but I think the female program, um, you know, when when we look at our female program, we're not just in it to go make the number one TPI or the number one net merit bull um right out of the gate. We're in it to make bulls that are gonna have an impact on the breed. We're gonna have bulls that have an impact for ST genetics. So there's a lot of things on the female side we do that we're not just doing for next year or the year after. We're looking at five to ten years down the road. So there's a lot of things that have That we're doing in there, there's a lot of things that they're very unique matings, and some of them it takes a lot of patience. So when we look at the female program, yeah, we are very excited. What shows up on the top ten list, top fifty list, top two hundred list, but we're really excited on a heifer that might be a thousand or two thousand in the breed, but she's going to carry traits that are going to have an impact for the future. You know, we have certain heifers that are. 2,500 pounds of milk and plus on DPR and almost two points on utter composite. We have certain ones that are 2,500 pounds of milk and crazy on their health traits. So we have all that diversity and it's, I call it the build and the patience and looking at the long-term of it. So I'm really, I'm just as excited of what's not on the list as what is on the list. So we have a lot of great things in the pipeline and uh, some of it just takes patience, but we're looking to build for the breed, looking to build for ST, looking to build for our customers.
0: Fantastic. Thank you for sharing that with us.
1: Laura, if you don't mind, I might, I might add into that yes. because I think it's, I think it's always exciting to talk about the, the Holstein female program, but I, I think from our sales team and our customers to be, aware of the growth and the process of the Jersey side and also the Browns female program too. Okay. Uh, both of those programs are continuing to grow. Uh, we, we create that diversity within. Obviously, those programs are not as large and as robust as our Holstein program. But without a doubt, you still have to have a creation to create those uh, net merit, cheese merit, uh, JPI bulls, those PPR bulls. Um, we're very excited to make sure that we uh, continue in the process of creating multiple females that can aid us in creating the bulls in those multiple breeds down the road as well. So very exciting for the Holstein side, obviously, with the plethora of genetics that we have, but still also uh, continuing the growth of both the Jersey and the Brown-Swiss program, female programs at ST as well.
0: Thank you for that, Dan. Now one program that I always like to just touch base with um with you guys is the Legends program. Was there anything exciting to come out of this program for ST Genetics or ST Genetics Partners?
3: So Laura um, the, in the Legends program here, I think there's many exciting avenues of it, but uh since Tuesday I have probably had four or five phone calls from some of our legend clients and uh they're just yeah, they were really excited because one of the first bulls um, that came to the Legends program that started all was Charles. So obviously Charles had a large impact on it. And, uh, you know, a year and a half later, they were able to buy some captain semen and they used captain very heavy and other Charles sons. And uh, the way it's made genetic advancement for their herd and actually kind of changed it. Um you know, that's what they're most excited about is uh, purely genetic advancement. They want to make a more profitable cow. So when you get those kind of phone calls and that excitement of what we've done for those herds, um, you know, it makes, I guess, feels like we're doing something right in this this program and this uh, system. So very excited about that side of it. And then also those herds, they're able to use those bulls on some very different pedigrees, very different traits. And we have the option to uh, go purchase those heifers. So it's a very good partnership where they're winning on the genetic advancement side of it to make a more profitable cow. And we're also looking at the genetic advancement to make the next great bull for our program. So The legend program offers so many different things for these producers. And yeah, that program just keeps growing and growing. So I think the future is uh, unlimited where that goes.
1: I might add in too, Laura that we see the growth and obviously the domestic process has started, but the growth is really wherever, wherever dairy cattle are in the world. And that's the, that is the great thing that there are no borders, there are no rivers, there are no, that prevent genetics from moving around the world so customers around the world can use the best genetics and we're excited about about those processes to create those best cows for those producers anywhere in the world um it it is uh, always exciting to see the genomic test results come back on cattle from multiple countries around the world and you just see it, it, it the excitement it doesn't matter if it's in south america or europe or asian countries uh, the growth of good genetics is not limited by any, by any borders or, or anything at this point. So it's exciting to see those genetics being created around the world.
0: Yes, definitely a program that provides a lot of opportunity to our producers. Now, since the last time we all spoke, the new EcoFeed indexes were released with EcoFeed Cow, EcoFeed Heifer, and EcoFeed Plus. Can you share with us how these traits are received throughout ST Genetics Portfolio and what kind of opportunity this brings to our dairy producers?
1: The measurement, Laura, the key key process to EcoFeed is measurement of intake of of, uh, feedstuffs. And it's no surprise, it's the largest expense on any dairy, small, medium, large, anywhere. So Today's ability to measure feed intakes and then determine genetically which bulls are superior in creating the cattle that we want without expenses, without a bigger expense on the feed side is truly only going to grow in the future. The variation of genetics that we're starting with, Laura, I guess I'd call this as our first generation of breeding. And now it's exciting with Tim and David and myself that we are making planned matings for a combination of eco-feed and TPI and eco-feed and net merit and eco-feed and combined fat and protein and eco-feed and health traits. And it, the the growth of this is, is just beginning because we're just getting the wonderful measurements consistently on new animals every, every month as we're doing eco-feed uh, testing on all these young heifers and young cows. So the growth of eco-feed probably to me is exciting because it's the latest and newest index that we can apply production, we can apply genetic pressure on in order to create the calves that we desire for the next generation. It's, it's, just, it's just wonderful that we have this ability to, to measure
2: so that we can identify the best and breed from them.
0: David, do you have any thoughts?
2: The point that we always want to stress is that when it comes to ecofeed, we're looking at actual feed efficiency. We're not looking at any other trait. A lot of the other, quote, feed efficiency programs actually put a heavy emphasis on body size. It's a whole different thing. In ecofeed, we're actually looking for the most efficient producing animal at any given size. And that's what really distinguishes our approach, right? It's that focus on actual um, profitability, regardless of size. Um, I cannot be stressed enough. If you select for ecofeed, you're actually selecting for feed efficiency. You're not selecting for smaller cows. And I think that's what really gets us excited as a company as well. It gets me excited is that, you know, we have the reality that we're being driven by true feed efficiency and not by something that's secondary and and sort of a shortcut, but doesn't really contribute to improved total feed conversion like Ecofeed does.
0: Truly an added bonus index. Um, Tim, do you have any thoughts on this?
2: Yeah.
3: So, uh, you know, as the, ST, as we look into the future, we're looking at every angle of the industry and um, it's clearly a tool to help move the needle. You know, people, I get a lot of questions and I get a, you know, I answer the questions and, you know, is that, is it real? Is it, where where is it headed? What do I do with it? And it's truly a tool just like genomic testing or. A lot of other advancements out there it's trying to move the needle we're trying to find the outliers that are feed efficient but the most important part we're trying to get rid of the the cows and heifers that are not feed efficient so it's a great tour that we're measuring and it's something that we want to have added value for our customers but we're putting a lot of emphasis onto it a lot of infrastructure and it's just clearly um, we're not looking away from it because it is the future and it is the bottom line on a lot of dairies. It's obviously the highest expense on someone's uh, p So we're not going to ignore it. We're going to find very high equal feed bowls for our customers and it is the future. And that's why we're uh, paying so much attention to it.
0: Thank you all for that. So now, Just to wrap this up, my final question for each of you um, is kind of a hypothetical, not hypothetical, but um, a situational uh, question. So if you were going to a potential customer's farm to share about ST Genetics offering today, what would you be telling them? Dan, we can start with you.
1: So walking on a a potential customer's farm, I I certainly would like to um, showcase that genetics are important and there's there's a there's a value to genetics but i think it's about finding solutions to what is their direction they're going towards the the technology that st is wanting to offer from everything from the process of genomic testing to chromosomal mating to the best sex semen certainly things from high purity especially on colored breeds high purity for holstein bulls i think all of those processes open up a dialogue with that customer of what do they need and what solutions can we provide for them with the technologies that we have. Uh, just a, a plethora of ideas to sit down and listen to a customer and then determine how to work towards the goals that that customer sets out can be obtained with the tools that we have in our in our toolbook today, Laura.
0: David, do you want to take a stab at it next?
2: Oh, Dan really can kind of hits the highlights, but I think you now, going back to a little bit more of the, the traditional thing is just the complete, we really have, a, as Tim has mentioned, a really diverse portfolio, but we also have an in-depth portfolio. You know, you're not limited to choosing from a small handful of bulls for any particular index. We are really trying to create genetics that'll fit, you know, each person's, each farm's um, demands for their environment. And I think that's really exciting to have such a, a genetics just. Old-fashioned, good, solid genetics available, in depth and in variety. And my hats off to uh, Tim and Dan on that because they're the real drivers in it. And Tim. Yeah, I mean, if if I I guess
3: Dan said a bunch of what I wanted to say, and David did, and <laughs> I think when you think of ST Genetics, when you walk on someone's farm, is uh, we're not we're not just offering semen. We're offering something to our customers that try to make them more profitable. And there's a lot, lot that goes into it. We want them to milk the kind of cow they want to milk. We want them to milk, obviously, a profitable cow, but we want, we're looking into the future. And uh, that's what I think of ST. I mean, we're not just a commodity out there and walking on a farm and buy this or that. We're in it for the relationship. We're in it for the long haul. And that's, that's why we're putting so much behind this. When you look at the eco feed side of it, and the genomic testing side of it, and planning this female program, there's just so much going on behind the scenes that uh, you know we wanna we wanna be at the top to help our customers and help people around the world. Um, you know we're here to feed the world, so they're just it's not about just selling this bull and that bull, so. There's a I wanna, you know, thank all of the people that put time into what we do at ST, but also all of our customers as well. So I think uh it all goes hand in hand and um you know when there's success on both sides of the fence, it it's a fun deal.
0: Thank you, Tim, for wrapping that all up. I think we can all agree with uh your final statement there. And I just wanna thank you all for joining us today and for giving us your great insight into this fantastic December proof run for ST Genetics.
3: Thank you, Laura.
1: Thank you, Laura.
0: This was another episode of ST Talks. If you like what you heard, you can find more episodes on your favorite podcast platform by searching ST Talks or ST Genetics. And if you want to learn more about ST Genetics, visit our website at stgen.com or find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And from all of us at ST Genetics, we hope you have a great day.